Welcome to the Birthful Podcast. I'm Adriana Lozada, and today we'll be talking with Kayla San Miguel about her postpartum experiences. Having had two flawless postpartum periods under her belt, Kayla didn't know how to cope when postpartum anxiety and severe panic disorder came out of nowhere after her third birth. Listen to what she learned from her experiences and how she's approaching the birth of her fourth baby very differently, armed with new tools and wisdom. Stay tuned. This episode of Birthful is brought to you by Mama Strut bringing clinically proven sports medicine technology to postpartum recovery and self-care. Learn more at mamastrut.com and use the code BIRTHFUL2018 for free shipping in the U.S. This episode of BIRTHFUL is also brought to you by Expectful, an evidence-based guided meditation app created specifically for those trying to conceive pregnant or new moms. Learn more and sign up for a free two-week trial at expectful.com birthful. The BIRTHFUL Podcast talking to maternity pros and new parents to inform your intuition. Hello, mighty parents and parents-to-be. Thanks again for all the love you give the show. I truly appreciate it. And if you like what you hear, make sure you subscribe so you don't miss a thing. To best support this podcast, do support its sponsors, which in today's case are Mama Strut and Expectful. All right, quick shout out to all the doulas near Fort Lauderdale, Florida. I am going to be down your way this week speaking at the Dona International Conference. So if you're going to be at the conference, make sure to come by and say hi. And if you happen to be a Spanish-speaking doula in that area, Fort Lauderdale, Miami, please, 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 please send me a message to info at birthful.com because I would love to connect with you while I'm there. I'm staying a couple of extra days. Um, so yeah, and whether you're going to the conference or, conference or not, write to me, info at birthful.com. And if you're not a doula, but rather a mighty parent who lives in that area and wants to connect as well, send me a message too. If there's enough of you, then maybe we can do a little get together or something, a meetup. I don't know. Email me now because I am going to be there imminently. Also, quick reminder that if you're around 29 to 34 weeks pregnant, this is the perfect time for you to start preparing for life with a newborn. Go beyond the preparing for having a birth and prepare for having a baby. <laughs> to do just that, go sign up for my Thrive With Your Newborn Postpartum Preparation online classes at birthfulcourses.com and do it now because your clock is ticking. <laughs> I promise it's worth it. All right. If you listened to the show last week with Parijat Dashpande, you heard me say, you heard me try to remember who came up with the phrase, worry is the work of pregnancy and failing miserably. I could not for the life of me remember. So, of course, I immediately went up to Google it and looked it up. And it was the fabulous Pam England, author of the book Birthing from Within, who said worry is the work of pregnancy. So now, you know. All right. On today's show, Kayla San Miguel is here to share about how her third postpartum experience totally blindsided her when she was hit with severe panic attacks and postpartum anxiety after having two very enjoyable previous postpartum experiences. She wanted to come on the show to share what she went through because she was impacted by how many women came out of the woodwork with similar experiences or just about having a hard time during postpartum um, and also with word of words of encouragement once she opened up to her community. So this is not to scare anyone, but to expand our knowledge of the variations of what could happen during postpartum and that these variations are completely normal 
please remember you are not alone or weird or broken. This is hard and it impacts each of us a little bit differently. Okay, here's the show. Welcome, Kayla. I am so happy to have you here today. Thank you so much, Adrian. I'm very happy to be here. Fantastic. And when you reached out, I thought, ah, oh, this is such a great postpartum, not story, but postpartum journey, right? Journey. Yes. <laughs> um, so let, let's start at the beginning. First, who are you? Tell us a little bit about yourself. Well, my name is Kayla San Miguel. I have almost four children and we live in St. Paul, Minnesota. Um, pretty standard little family day-to-day -day life. Mm, and I love the almost four children. So how far along are you in your pregnancy? I am about 38 weeks. So any day, not, I mean, no, not any day now. <laughs> Don't want that mindset. But within the next month. Exactly. Final four weeks-ish. Right. Yes. <laughs> Good. Um, so we're talking postpartum stories today. Tell us about, you know, take us back to your first pregnancy. What what were your plans for postpartum then? Um, I didn't really have any. My temperament lends itself to flying by the seat of my pants. Um, the thought of reading or preparing, um, it just wasn't appealing. I wanted to just let let it unfold and see where it took me, which worked for the first one. Um, because I had, you know, maybe an hour or two of baby blues for about two weeks after my son was born. Um, and of course there's always the shock to the system of taking care of an infant around the clock, but my husband took some time off. I had help. I had been a foster mother for a couple years previous to having my own son. Um, so the day-to-day -day care of an infant was nothing new to me. Um, but of course there's healing and hormones getting back to normal and things were a little up and down, um, but about what I expected. So um, the lack of preparation worked, I mean, it kind of worked out in that, after that birth. Mm -hmm. And you did have, as you mentioned, that previous knowledge a bit about taking care of kids and had some help. Aside, did you have help aside from your husband or was it just the two of you? I did. I have a big family. So I had some sisters in the area. My mom came for a while, my mother-in-law. I was very well cared for and I didn't go back to work for about three months. So it was just kind of a baby moon mm -hmm. period in our lives where there, you know, and it was the first baby. There was, I could sleep when he slept and um, I could make sure that I ate well and we got outside and um, it was just very idyllic mm -hmm. in a way. And I'm sure that big family fed you really well. Yeah, <laughs> definitely. <laughs> so then fast forward to second pregnancy, second postpartum. How did that go? That went even better. Um, that was my first natural birth and, and of course, the second birth. So the healing was a little bit quicker, um, just physically speaking. And then I had no mood fluctuations or – and um, I don't know if that was – I credit that slightly to the natural birth, but who knows what all goes 
you know, into that. But it was just, oh my goodness, it was perfect. My son welcomed my daughter easily. We had no toddler issues. Um, Again, I took a lot of time off. My husband took time off. I had help and no mood fluctuations. Like I said, it was just easy breezy, a lovely time for our family. Mm, How fantastic. And so since you brought up the birth and and it's totally good, one informs the other. So how how was that? We know the second one was a a non-medicated vaginal, right? Yes. Um, How was the first one? The first one was I, I labored for about 20 hours and then was exhausted and got an epidural um and and then my son's heart rate started doing poorly and I just I didn't know anything looking back now I see the connection that I was on my back suddenly where I had been moving around before um and so it was almost an emergency c-section they were wheeling me out when I flipped over with the help of a nurse and suddenly his heart rate was fine. So I gave birth on my hands and knees and I had stayed I stayed that way for about 5 hours and then pushed him out because no way was I risking turning around um and having his heart rate problematic again. Um so it ended really well. I felt, you know, you have many shows that talk about this kind of that the feedback loop. So I thought it's amazing and so good that I was in the hospital because what would have happened, you know, if I hadn't gotten the epidural and they hadn't been monitoring his heart rate, we wouldn't have known and things could have gone wrong. And now looking back, it was probably getting the epidural and laying flat on my back that produced the problem in the first place. But I got lucky and it ended with a vaginal birth as I had really hoped for. Um, and that was that. I'm so glad you flipped on your hands and knees. Goodness. I know. Right? I know. Yes. Yay for instincts. <laughs> I know. <laughs> um, cool. So then let's move to the third one. You had pregnancy. How did that birth go? The birth, um, I guess I would say it was the physical experience didn't match any other part of the experience. I had prodromal labor for about three weeks. So I was so physically exhausted, not sleeping well. Um, and just, I mean, so looking forward to getting the baby out, but I felt like my body was doing all of this hard work. And then I went in and, Active labor started around midnight, and I was just so tired and overwhelmed. It's like, just give me the epidural. I, I didn't see how I could do it. Um, but I didn't – there was – there was really – I hadn't prepared, you know. My husband didn't know what to say to me. He didn't know what I really wanted. Nobody around me knew of my wishes. It was a new hospital for us, and um, just – all of the like three weeks leading up to this. And then suddenly I didn't feel anything. Everybody left the room. And then a couple hours later they came in and said, okay, push. And she came out and there was just something that didn't fit. And of course, so happy to have a happy, healthy baby. Um, 
but I don't even know what emotion to call it. There was just a disconnect there somehow. Mm. And do you think that disconnect was because of how tired you were, because of the fact that you didn't labor? I mean, you labored a lot ahead of time in this prodromal state. And then by the time active labor kicked in, then the epidural, you know, shut all that down. Right. I don't know. What what do you think created that disconnect? I think it was largely the the lack of feeling physically because with my first epidural eventually we pulled it out and I had quite a bit more feeling by the end um but this one it was it must have been a really high I literally didn't feel anything at all um so (laughs) suddenly just kind of having a baby and feeling well, well where's the hard work where's the pushing where's because I had experienced that with the second, just the, you know, the really the high after you get your baby out and so hard. And, but, but just so I felt like such a woman after my middle child. And I kind of felt like a dud after the third. Like I couldn't even do this. I don't, you know, praise be to God for the hospital staff, or I'd probably be pregnant forever. Um, I just didn't. I didn't feel good myself and I don't want to credit that all to just the, the epidural and the experience. I mean, there was a lot more to it. You know, hard pregnancy. I had experienced an intense and tragic loss a few months before. I think I was just really emotionally not in the right place. Mm. And one of the things, uh, phrases that I hear a lot, one, I talk to people who experience postpartum or pregnancy mood disorders, because they're not exclusive to postpartum, right? Right. Um, Is this idea that they didn't feel like themselves. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's basically what it boiled down to. It just, I didn't feel like I was fully inhabiting the experience and my motherhood. So I'm wondering if you had some mood disorders already starting before even giving birth. You know, I I don't think that I did. I've I've just never I had no experience with depression or anxiety. Mm-hmm. None. And then even losing suddenly a family member tragically, I thought I was coping pretty well, you know. <laughs> I was Sad. I let myself be sad when I was sad and let it kind of fade away when it faded away. I thought I was doing everything right. Um, and it just, I, but I couldn't figure out then during the labor and immediate postpartum almost how to get back into my body. Mm, and I know from what you told me that that continued. So we're going to take a quick break and get deeper into what those first few weeks were like. We'll be right back. 
If you've been listening to the podcast for a while, you know that I talk a lot about the importance of paying attention to your core and pelvic floor for health before and after giving birth, as well as truly honoring your recovery. So I was super curious when Mama Strut reached out to sponsor the show. And I got to say, I was impressed at the forethought and attention to detail they've used to develop their product. Mama Strut is a wearable and adaptable soft brace that supports all sides of the pelvis and incorporates therapeutic heat and ice to target postpartum pain, swelling, bleeding, and pressure. Now, I think that bands and wraps are a great way to support you through that deflated feeling you get after birth when baby is not no longer in there, and as you reconnect with your muscles and regain your core strength. But it seems that Mama Strut has taken things to a higher level by bringing sports medicine technology to the situation. So what does that mean? It means that Mama Strut's straps will support the back and abdomen with multi-directional adjustable compression. And it also means that they really paid attention to the large amount of people saying that they were suffering from pelvic pain issues. And they did something about it by focusing not only on the bellies, but also on pelvic floors in a way that older methods haven't. On top of that, being able to add heat or cold to your perineum as you need it to provide even more relief is genius. So let's recap. Lower back support, check. Abdominal support, check. Perineum and pelvic floor support, check. Ice heat pouches for perineum, lower back, and abdomen for comfort, check. Interestingly enough, the benefits may not end there as there is ongoing research looking at the correlation between physical postpartum recovery and mental health, which sounds a lot like common sense to me because if you're experiencing constant and ongoing pain, my guess is that that's going to affect your mood and maybe even in ways that may be triggering. So whether you have a vaginal birth or a C-section, many stitches, no stitches, prolapse or hemorrhoids, mama strut can adapt to your needs to assist your postpartum recovery. Learn more and check out the testimonials by many happy mamas at mamastrut.com. And Birthful listeners can use the code BIRTHFUL2018 to get free shipping in the U.S. That's M-A-M-A-S-T-R-U-T, mamastrut.com. And the code is BIRTHFUL2018. And we are back. So... Kayla, one thing you mentioned losing a family member during pregnancy. Can you explain a little bit more about that? Of course. About a, right before I got pregnant, so maybe 10 or 11 months previous to the birth of my third baby, my father died in a car accident. Um, and we weren't able to see the body. or It was just one of those, um, another perhaps my first out-of-body experiences because it was summertime in Minnesota and you just don't die that way. You know, it's in the winter when it's icy and or like nothing felt right about, nothing probably ever feels right about losing somebody very suddenly and tragically. But um, I think that was probably the start of the disconnect because it almost felt like, I couldn't really inhabit a world without him. So a part of me just stayed in a safe, different world where I I don't think I ever really truly thought, oh, he's still here, but kind of lived a little bit apart from reality in that respect. Mm, mm. And I am, I am, it's been a while, but I am sorry for your loss, of course. Thank you. Um, and also for your, your miscarriage. And you, was that close to when you lost your dad? 
the miscarriage was after um, Isabel, after my third baby, actually. So that had not yet come into play. Oh, okay. Okay. I'm glad I, I asked about it because I, I, for some reason, I thought that, that was before that, like in between second and third pregnancy. Um, all right. So where we left off, you had just given birth and were feeling very disconnected. Tell me more. You know, it just, um, again, I don't think that I, I really thought about the disconnect. I just kind of was in the back, like a, something's not right, but it wasn't bothersome enough to really look at it. Um, so there, for about 24 hours, I was in that just kind of different space. And then I had a panic attack. I was still at the hospital. I kind of, it was my first one. So I didn't know exactly what was happening. Um, but we didn't call a nurse or anything within just a couple minutes. I got it under control and it's like, Oh, that's weird. I wonder what that was. Can you explain what that felt like? Like what were the symptoms? What made you think this is a panic attack? I, at the time I didn't completely relate it to a panic attack. Um, but it was the middle of the night and I suddenly felt like I couldn't breathe in the dark. So I jump up, whip the lights on and everything's just kind of spinning and I got hot and thirsty and my heart rate went through the roof. But I thought maybe it was a result of the epidural or I'd had too much ibuprofen. <laughs> I didn't really know what to attribute it to because that one wasn't very emotional. It was very physical. Hmm. And it was the first one you'd ever had in your life? Yes. Okay. Yeah. Yep. And then we requested an early departure. So I left the next morning and we got home and it happened again. And we lived in an apartment at the time and I had to run down three flights of stairs and run outside. And getting outside kind of calmed that one down. And I went back upstairs and five minutes later, I had another one. And at this point, it was also very scary. I mean, and I, it wasn't rational. You know, my, my sister was there at the time and my husband and like, well, what's going on? What are you scared of? Why are you panicking? And there's no, there was no answer to that. It wasn't related to the baby at all. Um, you know, I didn't have any specific thoughts. I was just petrified and I, <laughs> I didn't know how to deal with it because I didn't know what I was petrified of, but it was just, I mean, it was, it was very intense. I think probably what I had was postpartum panic disorder. And I don't know if that's a step above anxiety or it was not just anxiety. I mean, I, I couldn't really get a grip. So we were calling hotlines. We were, I was calling my doctor, um, eventually fell asleep I think that first night and then got in to see the doctor the next day and they talked me through some bait some things I could try before medicine but then I was having panic attacks in the office and I think they saw we need to get just the basics under control <laughs> because I couldn't really see I was sobbing and it had been 24 hours of this except for a slight 
maybe three hour reprieve of sleeping. And again, I could nurse my daughter. I was doing, I wanted her near me. It really wasn't related to the baby. And I thought postpartum anxiety was always related to the baby, you know, hurting the baby or dropping the baby or would my life ever go back to normal? And it was just, it was so out of anything I could ever have expected. I, it was, I mean, I guess I don't even know what to say, except I was so ill-prepared and terrified. And I don't think anybody can be quite prepared for that, though, to, to be honest with you. Like, that is so sort of random and yeah. and random and and so impactful like all consuming sort of thing it's not like that it ramps up or it started and then it got worse it's suddenly you're running outside and because you can't but run outside yeah yeah so it was just very scary and and I really didn't want to go on medicine um cuz I was nursing and I had always had more of a mindset of, you know, you can power through it. But maybe it was almost a blessing in disguise that it was so severe. So I never had the opportunity to power through it on my own. I needed help, clearly. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so I got it immediately. Um, and they put me, I mean, I started medicine, gosh, just days after my daughter was born. I started seeing a therapist. My husband took off time from work. My mom took my older kids. I mean, all hands on deck, which I know is I'm very lucky to have had that support behind me. Um, but nothing really felt like enough for at least a week. I just felt like I'm, this is my life now. And it's so horrible. So and- did this level of panic continue throughout the week um it it started to subside within a day of starting medicine um and and after about a week or two I would I would say I was high anxiety but the panic attacks were under control and that was such um such a better place to be in even with the anxiety but I was you know I was functioning (laughs) Mm-hmm. Uh, unless I had sugar or caffeine, then I'd feel that panic well up again. But I was able to get, with a lot of help, get the panic attacks under control. And so then I'd say the next four or five months, it was learning how to cope with postpartum anxiety. What were some of those coping mechanisms to deal with the the panic attacks? And I'm assuming that your therapy and all the other stuff still continued. Did you continue on medication? I did. I took medicine for about four months and then self-weaned, probably should have consulted my doctor or done that in consultation, but I was, I was really hyper to get off of the medicine. So I tried to slowly wean off and my anxiety definitely got worse when I did, but it was still, it was manageable and I didn't get panic attacks they didn't return. So um, I highly recommend to anyone to, you know, definitely consult your therapist and doctor. Um, but of course, you know, I don't know that they could have said anything that would have made me 
do it differently because I was just, that was part of the anxiety. Like I can't have this medicine in my breast milk. Mm. Um, what so, was the second yeah, part yeah. of the question? Sorry, I asked, Sorry, I asked I you. No, it was totally my fault. I asked you one question and then another one. Um, <laughs> coping mechanisms for the, for the panic attacks, like how, I mean, for the anxiety, how, what helped? It helped a couple things really helped me. The first was being outside as it got dark. For some reason, my anxiety was closely related to the dark. And as it got dark, I'd get more and more panicky and anxious. Um, so we would take walks with our little family through the busy streets. And I mean, you know, would have been nice to get out to the country. Um, but just seeing that the world was continuing on, you know, and nothing horrible was happening. Um, so that transition from night to day, even though it was the middle of the summer, so there were some sacrifices. We kept our kids up way too late, <laughs> but that was very helpful. Another thing that I found very helpful was holy basil. I was drinking a lot of holy basil tea and I had the scent going in my home and I'd literally take that essential oil and put it right under my nose when I was highly anxious and breathe it in deeply. And that was very, very helpful. Um, I also had a little bit of progesterone cream that I would rub into my wrists every night or every morning and every night. And I definitely noticed a difference with that. And, and you know, just breathing techniques and handing the kids off if I felt the anxiety coming up and, um, some of the, you know, reading books about how do you deal with this and then trying to implement some of those techniques and seeing what worked and what didn't, but being very proactive. Mm -hmm. And of course, we want to remind the listeners that in terms of the progesterone cream and the holy basil and all that, like all, all of this mechanism, it, it's very unique to every person. So right. do find a practitioner and work closely with them. Um, Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Um, let's take a quick break and we'll be right back. Hey, Mighty Ones. It is not uncommon for stress levels to go up while you're pregnant. You may be worried about the health of your baby, or maybe you're anxious about the birth, or maybe you're wondering how you're going to afford all the extra cost. Or maybe you're just guilt-ridden because you're not eating well and exercising and doing all those little things that everyone is telling you to do for the sake of your little peanut. Fortunately, there is one little simple thing you can do that won't take up more than 10 minutes per day and will improve not only how you feel about all these things I mentioned, but also your birth, the health of your baby, and your own immunity. That little thing is meditation, and yup, it can do all this and even help reduce your pain during labor. Don't know where to start? Easy peasy. Check out Expectful, an evidence-based guide meditation app created specifically for new, soon-to-be, or expectant moms. Learn more and sign up for a free two-week trial at expectful.com slash birthful. And don't forget to add the slash birthful part so they know who sent you. And we're back talking with Kayla San Miguel about her postpartum experiences. So how long did... Did you like how long did it take for you to feel back to your normal and feel these anxiety the anxiety subside? The the constant anxiety probably took about four or five months to subside. 
Um, I would say still almost two years later, my, my base level, my day-to-day living is back to normal, but I will just have a random creeping in of anxiety still. So maybe that's permanent. Maybe it's still, you know, grieving. Maybe it's hormones now that in that two-year period, I've had a miscarriage, I've been pregnant, and now I'm about to have a baby. So I haven't really given my body a chance to find a new normal, but um, definitely coping much, much better. But there's there's a fear in feeling anxiety always, <laughs> you know, like, oh, no, can I go back to that place, that horrible place? Um, so I'd say continued help and monitoring is essential for my state right now. Mm-hmm. And especially so now you're pregnant and even though you didn't feel the anxiety towards your child. Right. The all of this sort of was generated around that birth and postpartum. So mm-hmm. now that you're facing a fourth baby of a birth, what um you said you've been preparing differently. What have you been doing to prepare for that? Because I mean, aside from I'm gonna step back a bit, aside from the postpartum anxiety, was everything else in that postpartum experience pretty normal or were you having a hard time across the board with like did the anxiety make everything much, much worse? Um both. <laughs> uh, it's you know, I was just so devastated that I wasn't really, I couldn't fully embrace that time period and enjoy that time because um, I was just kind of trying to survive for a lot of it. Um, and in that sense, everything was a lot harder, but it was also, um, there's good things can come out of these bad things. And then, you know, hindsight is twenty twenty. But we took a good hard look at our family life and made some big changes and, you know, um, really set ourselves up differently this time around. Um, so I, I, I really appreciate the growth that has occurred as a result of the whole experience, but I wouldn't wish it on anybody. And, I, you know, I wish there was a way to have prompted that in me and my family without the anxiety. But, you know, I'll take the good with the bad. Mm. And, I mean, not everybody is able to see, to turn it around and see positive and and, and growth in, in the process. So kudos to you. Definitely. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. Um, are any of those changes related to setting up for a postpartum experience? What, what are you doing this time that's different? Oh my goodness. So much. So the first three, like I said, with the first, I just had no interest in really knowing what was going on or preparing. Um, but the third was just blew me so out of the water. I was like, you know what? There's a lot going on with how I'm feeling and what is happening in my body. And I can, you know, I can take some ownership of that and and be a part of it, not just react 
Um, and so I have, well, first of all, been listening to almost every podcast you have out <laughs> and just, I mean, basic knowledge, like knowledge of the phases of labor and transition and the, how your hormones are interacting and, um, what is really going on postpartum. I think knowledge truly has been power this time around because I will know, okay, this is what's happening. And here's some ways that I can, you know, influence it or cope with it versus, oh my gosh, something is not right. And I don't know what to do and it's never going to end. And, um, I just feel, I just feel empowered. Hmm. So not so. I am so excited, right? Because obviously, I do this for a reason. That right. it's helping you out so much and has given you that the knowledge and make you feel um, empowered. It, it is that so. So from that knowledge, what steps have you taken for preparation of postpartum, or is is the knowledge enough to carry you through? Um. Well, the knowledge is pretty much enough, but independent of just knowing that and having help lined up and, you know, having met with my therapist once now to kind of renew our relationship, should I need her postpartum and um, having some tools on hand, uh, we have made some changes to ensure that my husband will be home for a little bit more extended period of time, not just the usual two weeks um, that I can, um, I guess, get out of the house to sound so bad, <laughs> but that I have outlets for processing this birth, you know, kind of like freedom to choose a few different avenues if I want to stay home with the baby in bed for two weeks, I can do that. If we want to go and do things and get out of the home, breathe fresh air, we can do that. Um, whereas with third, it was kind of, all right, you've got a bunch of toddlers and a new baby and husband will be gone. And you're in an apartment where it's really hard to get everybody down three flights of stairs. So good luck, you know, this time. <laughs> I just feel very, I've, made a strong support system for just some of the basics like that, like getting outside. Mm -hmm. And that sounds so simple. And it's, it's such a huge, it sounds like such a simple task, but it is such, it does require a huge amount of preparation when you have, you know, three and a newborn. Right. Yeah. I think you, you know, you have to prepare a little bit <laughs> with each additional pregnancy there's additional challenges. Um, but also just being, you know, I've, I've changed my expectation for postpartum after two really good ones. Like, great. I do this well, you know, I'm good at this. <laughs> and then the third one, realizing this is what they talk about. This is, this is what they mean when they say that being a new mom, you know, is hard and you need community and people to walk you walk with you through the experience. I guess I, I was kind of um, 
prideful after the first two. It's like, I don't need anything. I don't need anybody. And to see, well, (laughs) you know, the common knowledge and sisterhood is there for a reason. And it's just a beautiful, a beautiful thing that I am fully taking advantage of and embracing. And it's even informed how I react to my new nieces and nephews and my friends' new babies. And I think it's made me a much better woman. I could I can totally relate to that a bit. Not totally totally a bit. I can totally <laughs> relate to that. Um because there is something humbling about having a difficult experience when you've never had it before and you're like these things don't happen to me. I I've right. got it all, right? Yeah. And then go like, "Oh, this is yeah, this is what other people are talking about and there is more empathy for sure." Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. So you had mentioned um, when you wrote to me that, you know, that this was such, it blindsided you. There's all the boys. Hey, boys. Um, Or all the kids. (laughs) Sorry. Yes. (laughs) No, no. Welcome, kids. Um, That it blindsided you because you hadn't prepared at all, but also weren't expecting anything different. Um, and you talked about this concept of re-preparing for each and every birth. Yes. Tell me more about that. Well, you know, I think I've, I have gone into the births like with very few expectations because I've always heard they're all different. Some, you know, one can be long, one can be short. You just you don't think this is how I had my first birth. So this is how I birth. That concept just isn't really, it's not really prevalent. Um, and I don't know where I got the idea, but I had, I had a very different approach to postpartum. Like I had one and that's how it went. And so that's how I postpartumed. And after my third baby, Isabel, um, that was clearly out the door, that concept. <laughs> and so I, I think it takes work to change or kind of um, quiet expectations for big events like birthing and postpartum. And I realized I, you know, I'm, I'm no pro. I don't have all the answers. I don't know everything. I don't even know how my emotions and spiritually, physically, emotionally, how I'll react after this one. So kind of looking at it like it's a first and it's brand new and walking into it with a different mindset and preparing that way. Not like, okay, well, A, B, and C worked, so I'm going to have those on hand. But just preparing as able um, and also mentally preparing to not be prepared, if that makes any sense. All the contingency plans ever, right. C and D and X and right. Y and Z. Um, and speaking of plans, so you said you've armed yourself with all this knowledge. Have you taken that and are very open and flexible, but have you taken that 
another step to create plans or have a postpartum plan? Um, and what does that, what are the elements of that? Yes, I have. Um, you mentioned, you know, they're so interrelated, the birth and the postpartum, which is very true. So um, along with preparing differently for this postpartum, I've prepared differently for this birth. I've taken, you know, everyone says, oh, is this your first or second when you're in these birthing classes? No, it's my fourth, but <laughs> I'm finally wisening up and, you know, taking, I took a comfort measures course, the natural rhythms of labor because as I mentioned, although I'd had a natural birth, I didn't even know until I took this class that, oh, that was transition, that thing that I experienced that was just crazy, you know? Um, And so we've prepared very differently for the birth to start with. And then what that has looked like for a postpartum is, um, just like the practical things of having a plane ticket on standby for my mother-in-law, but she's prepared to come if we need her or she's prepared to wait a month if we feel like we need just that family bonding time. Um, I have my prescription of medicine in the cupboard. I hope to not take it, but just having it there has calmed me down. Like, okay, if I have a panic attack, I will call my therapist, I will call my midwife, and I know exactly what dose and where to start if I am in that like alternate panicky universe. Um, I have books and music ready. I have childcare for the children ready should I need it. As I said, my husband's going to take a little bit more time off. Um, I have things to look forward to in two months and three months and four months out planned out. And, you know, I know this isn't like, okay, so it's going to be great because I'm so prepared. But it's not, it's very different from just the, I'll have a baby and I'll make it work. Yeah. And the underlying feeling here, and which I am so, so excited for you about, is that you are taking a stance of all of these things is supporting you and taking care of you so that you can take care of both you and your baby. Right. No, yeah, it's no good to the baby if if you're not healthy. Yeah, exactly. Like you're not focusing on like this is the things we're going to do and all the things that we need for the baby and, and making sure, yeah, no, this is about how the, a theme that's been coming up a lot on these episodes lately is that concept of, 51% mama, 49% kids. Um, right. And yeah, I just keep putting that out there. It's okay to be a little selfish because the fact is that usually we tend to put our kids above everything. And yeah. if you can shift and start feeling like I'm going to be a little selfish, I'm sure it, t- it takes so much to get to 51%. Like you'll not, you won't get near that. <laughs> But at least hoping to get towards that will, you'll respect yourself a bit more and give yourself permission to, and grace to, you know, be a human being that has needs. Yeah. It's just, it's a huge thing to bring a new human into the world. 
And I think I'm just, I'm honoring that a little bit more. I came from a big family. Um, I have a million and a half cousins and it was kind of to nobody's fault, but the way that I perceive things is no big deal. Pop out a baby and life goes on as normal. Um, and I think just realizing, whoa, the magnitude and the beauty, but just the bigness of bringing a new human into the world. It's big and it's okay to devote a lot of time and preparation to that and to let it change you and, you know, go along for the ride in one sense, but also take, take the reins in another and find that balance. Mm -hmm. And I think we need to extend this idea that it's not exclusive to the preparation during pregnancy and having the birth and then postpartum. But you mentioned this a little bit at the beginning of, of not having much time between one pregnancy and the other to nourish your body before becoming right. pregnant again. Um, and I want to just bring up to the surface that concept of, you know, the more nourished your body is before you become pregnant and go into this process, especially after having a postpartum. The easier it can, you know, it starts out at a better place to then endure all this that that because it is so hard physically, mentally, emotionally to to give life. Right. Yeah. I wonder, yeah. have you done any exploration into your hormones and, and how they are and, and vitamin levels and depletions and that? Not that I'm, I'm just curious. Yeah, no, I definitely did. Um, af most intensely after the third baby. Um, and that was the other, nothing that there was no, nothing indicated the experience that I was having physically, everything was normal. And, um, and I don't, that was almost not relieving right? <laughs> because I wanted a problem to fix, but there wasn't really one. Um, and prior to having children, I had learned, um, natural family planning and that helped me dive into, um, some PCOS. And so I, I had a pretty good grasp of my body and what was working, what was a little off. And we were, um, you know, proactively dealing, not dealing with, um, responding to <laughs> uh, a lot of that. Um, so again, that, that was, I mean, I've, I know that I'm lucky to have started from a place of a little bit of knowledge, but it also made me think that I knew what was going to happen and what was going on and be all the more shocked when things didn't go according to plan. Yeah. And I think, the, you know, there's the there's the lesson there of even when everything's really solid and all the things have been taken care of, you can't account for everything. And and Right. Mood disorders can appear sort of out of the blue. And then, and then when you, you speak to your therapist when, you know, doing research or talking to your doctor, do you have an idea of what is the likelihood of you experiencing this again this time around? 
I do. I mean, it's, I'm twice as likely to have it now that I've had it. And I know that it's a definite possibility. Um, but it's less scary than I feel less scared than I thought that I would. Because, I mean, I've kind of, I've made it through and not, woohoo, that, you know, I can do anything. I can do that again. I really hope not to. I really hope not to. But I think just not having something so out of the blue that literally in the irrational, panicky, anxious state, I thought was permanent. And so I've even given my husband some slogans to say to me, I'm like, all right, if and when I'm having a panic attack, just say, remember, this will end. Those types of things. I didn't, I didn't think to think that the first time around. It was so overwhelming and all-consuming that to me it was just, okay, this is, this is it. This is life. Mm. Yeah, and that is such good a good mantra for like transition for parts of birth for parts yeah. of, for so many parts of life, right? Isn't that the truth? Yeah, a lot of like the prep for a birth can apply in you know a slightly modified way to postpartum. So much, so much of it. Oh my goodness, um, I really, really hope you don't have to experience this again. But if you do. I know you've got it. You're yeah. you you've you've armed yourself with the tool, so hopefully, yeah, it will be not as intense. Right. I hope that for you, and I hope that you have a beautiful, flowing, smooth birth, uneventful. <laughs> I really do too. <laughs> that would be wonderful. <laughs> yeah. Kayla, as we wrap up. Anything else that you want to make sure the listeners know or that you wanted to share and we left out? Yes, there is one thing that really surprised me. I was very vocal about my experience at the time because I was just, you know, grasping for a life vest at the time. So everybody knew what was going on, my friends, my family. And it was shocking to me how many women came out of the woodwork who I knew well and intimately with their own postpartum trials or with encouraging words or some sort of experience with this themselves. And it was so helpful to me. And so I don't, you know, you don't want to shout from the rooftops always to new moms. Like if it's hard, I'm here in in a fearful way. Um, But I just, I guess I didn't realize how little this was talked about in my own inner circle. Like I would have thought I knew everything about some really close girlfriends. So um, I, I don't know where to take that except that it's okay to, and, and very helpful to be just very vulnerable with our sisters. Mm. Yes, yes. And we need to take away the shame out of all this, out of our whole reproductive 
options and possibilities and and realities because same thing with miscarriages same thing with you know even abortions like it's something that doesn't get talked about because there's a lot of shame around it and more people than you think have experienced at some point a hard a hard difficulties with their you know, reproduction status in terms of like postpartum or birth and before and fertility, fertility, my goodness, like all of it. Right. Um, and we think we're very alone in that when we're not. So being vulnerable and sharing and getting that out is huge. And that's why I'm so thankful that you're here today sharing this. So well, thank that, you. Yeah. Thank you so, so much really for, for truly for sharing your experiences and, and explaining how you're preparing differently. Yeah. Oh, of course. Um, I loved, I love hearing all the women's stories on your podcast. So if this can help even a single person or then, you know, I'm, I'm happy to share my story. Mighty Ones, check out the in-depth show notes for this episode at birthful.com, where you can see pictures of Kayla and her family and also learn more about me, the show, Patreon member benefits, send me messages and more. I'm also on Facebook or Twitter as at birthful, so come say hi. And if you're in the last months of pregnancy and feeling unprepared for going home with a new baby, do go register for my Thrive With Your Newborn online postpartum preparation classes at birthfulcourses.com so you can get ready and enjoy those first few weeks with your newborn. This episode was produced by me and made possible by you, the Birthful Patreon supporters, and by the wonderful people at Mama Strut and Expectful. The title song for this podcast is Vive Ace by Kevin McLeod, and the sponsorship song is Air Hockey Saloon by Chris Zabriskie. Find them both at freemusicarchive.org. Also, the Birthful Podcast is part of the Parents on Demand Network, a network of podcasts for parents and families. Download the free Parents on Demand app on Apple or Android for easy on-the-go listening. I'm Adriana Lozada. Please join me next Wednesday when I'll be talking to a birth professional to inform your intuition here at the Birthful Podcast. Thanks so very, very much for listening. <laughs>